Thank you for joining us for another episode of Poopology and we are doing another special from Ibiza today. We've been sitting in this lovely place called 45's Cafe on, where are we on James? Playa the Bossa. Playa the Bossa and I have here with me the owner James and as always my co-host Claire. Hello. And our regular Jem. <laughs> Hi. I can never say that without laughing. And the wonderful Uzma. Hello. Okay, so we're going to move on to our poopy moments of the week and I'm going to kick things off with Claire. So mine isn't exactly this week, it's from a long time ago, but sort of keeping in the theme of the nightclubs and going out. I was out with some friends and this is before mobile phones, this is back in Sydney, and I went to the loo and the latch on the loo broke and I was stuck in this toilet cubicle and there's all these girls out there and the, the door was about six yeah. inches off the ground and then six inches off the, the ceiling. ceiling. So I had to stand on the toilet and I'm peering over the door trying to get these girls' attention down the bottom that the door was locked yeah. and they're all going why are you taking so long why are you taking like the door's locked I can't get out and my friends had no idea and they're out busy dancing and they had to go get the bouncer and even he couldn't open up the door oh my god I couldn't get out and the bouncer said to me your only option is to slide what? on your back underneath oh the door oh my god and I was like please don't make me do that this floor is disgusting please don't make me do that he's like I'll see if we've got any newspaper for you oh so we like lay this newspaper down and I had to literally commando style crawl out like, oh my on my back get out it took about an hour hour and a half easy before I was out I went back out saw my friends they're like oh cool come and dance with us I'm like no I have to go home I feel disgusting no. I get serious <laughs> claustrophobia oh, if that was awful. me I would have broke through the door yeah, <laughs> there would be the exactly. shape of me on it was that awful top. it was literally a poopy moment oh wow it's gross nice okay so yeah. if we're going along the partying Theme. Mine would also be something that happened to me in a club with my then best friend who had legs that would just go on for miles. She was one of those ones that long-legged and she was wearing these beautiful trousers. And again, we were headed to the loo. We were trying to cross the dance floor and we were doing really well and my friend just started freaking out. And I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, that guy just literally ran his hand all the way up like, the inside of my leg and grabbed my crotch. Oh, <laughs> and, so, and, she, and I was like, why aren't you moving? She goes, because he's still holding on to my waist. <laughs> <laughs> and she just stood there and that's where I coined the phrase don't make me take my shoe off to you <laughs> I, I, I used to wear six inch stilettos I'm now down to about four it's you know time's passed I can't yeah. wear oh and I remember he was a lot bigger than both of us and he was like yeah yeah whatever and then his mate looked at my shoes and then whispered in his ears and then he looked at my shoes and I'm just stood there like like make your choice and then he just let go of her we got ran to the loop never even occurred to us to go to a bathroom so no. like she really oh, sorted wow. you know me too as well but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I've used that phrase on several occasions and I found it's got me out of lots of situations that could have gone very badly wrong because I'm normally wearing quite high heels and people are like is she crazy is she crazy enough to take off their shoes <laughs> I could more, no if I was going to take my shoes off it's because I'm going to be running away well I mean you look pretty crazy to me so yeah, yeah, yeah be in my black fluffy hat <laughs> <laughs> I mean you look very suave and sophisticated <laughs> James what's your poopy moment Poopy moment. I think one of my most spooky moments I can think of. I was I was on holiday in New York with a girlfriend at the time. We went away for Christmas, and it was Christmas Eve, and we both decided to go our separate ways to go shopping for each other. And we were going to meet up at this famous burger joint. I can't remember the name of it. It was quite a trendy burger joint. And we 
told to go to. So off we went. I did my shopping for those. I arrived about 20 minutes early at the time we went to meet up. So I was sitting in the, the foyer of this diner, and in walked David Bowie. I was like, oh my god, there's David Bowie. So cool. Then the waitress took him off and sat him down. And so I said to this girl, when she came back, the waitress said, Can you give me a table next to that guy? She said, Right. I said, It's David, it's David Bowie. She said, David who? I said, Doesn't matter. Just give me a table. <laughs> <laughs> David, David who? And I was like, so anyway, the girl, she arrived and we sat down. And I was sort of like nudging the girl. It's David Bowie. She goes, Oh, that David Bowie? I don't know. So, anyway, so we're having our burgers. and and I said, I'm going to ask his autograph. She said, don't you dare, you do. I'm going to go to the toilet. It's embarrassing. I said, well, I'll wait until he gets up to leave. I said, it's, it's fine. So off she went to the toilet because David was getting up to leave. And I said, excuse me, David, do you mind if I get your autograph? And she said, yeah, no problem at all. What's your name? So he wrote down again. I stupidly said, are you enjoying your holiday? You need to. I said, no, I live here. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I take it you're all on the ground. Yes. That, that was my poopy moment. <laughs> Okay, well, my poopy mate, oh my god, I have so many. Do I go with the toilet angle or do I go with the famous people angle? Have you got one that merges both? Toilet angle? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I don't think I have. I might stick with the toilet, actually. Okay. So I think about a hundred years ago, I was living in New York, just like okay. David Bowie, and a friend of mine from the UK came to visit me. And during his trip, he revealed to myself and my other friend that he was gay, which is great. And he said, you know, that he wants to go to a gay club while he's there and he wants someone to accompany him. So I basically said, okay, I'll take you. You know, there's lots of gay clubs in New York. We can go to a gay club. He insisted on one particular gay club that he had read about called The Cock, which I had never heard of. <laughs> so we went on our little adventure to find The Cock. And uh, we're in this nightclub. Ironic, isn't it, the gay club? <laughs> exactly. And during a certain point, I obviously needed the bathroom. So I asked, where is the ladies' bathroom? I was told there is no ladies' bathroom. However, there's a couple of cubicles in the men's bathrooms. So I thought, okay, you know, they're all gay. It doesn't matter. I'll walk through the urinals to the cubicles. It'll be fine. Once I got to the cubicles, I realised none of them actually had doors. They just had these beaded curtain you know the sort of 70s 80s beaded curtains so i thought okay what do i do i mean i'm desperate like when a girl's gotta go she's gotta go so i just went for it pulled my pants down sitting on the loo and someone pops their head through the little bead curtains and i'm like sorry using the bathroom and this guy proceeded to have a full-blown conversation with me he was like my god darling your makeup is so wonderful and i said thank you but i'm going to the toilet and he said and you're sitting down and i was like yes and then he he said you're so convincing and i was like no i'm an actual woman and i'm having a pee do you mind oh my god and, and, and I must say, Eve, that you do make a convincing woman. Brilliant. So that was definitely a poopy moment. <laughs> but you can pass for a woman. <laughs> Good to know. I'm a convincing woman, yes. 
Okay, so I'm, I'm actually going to hand over to Claire because she's got all the good questions today. Oh dear. So um, we've been sitting in the sun having some lovely food and drinks and we were getting served by this lovely chap. So we thought we'd find out a little bit more about <laughs> him. He had a few interesting comments as we were eating away. So we were just curious, what brought you to Ibiza? What brought me to Ibiza? I first came to Ibiza in 1991. I was a young 17-year-old lad and uh, obviously came over here for the dancing, the rave scene. So I came over on a week's holiday with a girlfriend. Initially ran off with another man. Oh, oh no! My God. God. Shock horror. Oh my God. So I was left, I was, but luckily all my friends were on holiday here, were working on the working holiday out here. So I kind of, they were like, oh, forget about her, come on, let's go out and party. So that was, I was super forgot about her and it was kind of, uh, <laughs> forgotten about. But yeah, 1991 I first came out and then I kind of, I got into the music industry, started DJing and doing parties. I worked for a record company called Acid Jazz Records. Nice. Based yeah. in Soho. And then I got, I sort of got in more and more into my DJing and uh, sort of just led me back to Ibiza. So, wow, yeah. amazing. And 1991, was it really different then yeah, compared different. to now? Yeah, a lot different, yeah. Be- better, worse? I think better, yeah. A lot better, a lot more free spirit, a lot more chill. It wasn't so much of the big name DJs, the David Gretas and the you know, Calvin Harris's of the world. Yeah, a little, little bit more, more hippie. A little kinda, bit more chill yeah. now, you know, mm. the clubs were more open, open, open air discotheques, you know. The privilege and the knees and never had rooms on, and neither did the DC 10 or space, the terrace of space. So it was a little bit more relaxed as opposed to now. I think it's just over time, as, as the years have gone on, it's kind of. The whole club scene, the dance industry has become more and more bigger, you know. Yeah. I think if you look at the charts nowadays, a lot of it's more dance orientated. A lot yeah. of the remixes of the artists and Madonna stuff being remixed, more like of David Guetta and things like that, so I think it's got a lot more in your face. I don't know if you've noticed around the island, you see the big billboards advertising yes. yeah, yeah. the DJs. But back in the day, they didn't really have that, so it's all kind of a bit more low-key, a bit more relaxed. Yeah, so, yeah. I think it was better back then. Yeah, and in terms of hotels, I guess now there's more visitors, obviously. Do you mm, think yeah. it's also been slightly overdeveloped in certain areas, mm. maybe? A lot of sort of big hotels? Uh... Certainly in Blade and Boston, San Antonio, it's hugely developed. You know, San Antonio is like the West End of Ibiza, so it's kind of, you know, you've got your bars, clubs, your hotels, restaurants. Over the north, I don't know if you guys have experienced the north side of the island. It's beautiful, no. it's well worth a visit. Unfortunately, you're heading home tomorrow. Yeah, next time. It's a good excuse <laughs> to come back. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the north of the island is incredible, it's lovely. It's kind of up as the Ibiza is, you know, untouched, unspoiled. Lovely local restaurants, local bars. Yeah. There's a few big hotels up there, but it's not as well developed as it is here. It's really played across. Yeah. San Antonio, played across, are probably the two biggest areas that are kind of being what I call the West End of, yeah. of Ibiza. San Antonio is certainly West End of Ibiza. Yeah. yeah. And what is it like here in the winter? Because you, you live here all year round, right? Beautiful. The winter, I love the winters here. It's all the crazy people who've gone home. <laughs> and it's obviously just, us it, not included yes, yeah. this is, ladies had two mojitos <laughs> not for breakfast not for breakfast <laughs> <laughs> we, we arrived at lunchtime so it was oh, not for breakfast this time around <laughs> can't say that the first time we visited Brun- brunch mojitos yeah, yeah. Um, sorry what was the question <laughs> in, the, in the winter the winters yes. the winters are lovely they're lovely really nice and chill Ibiza becomes Ibiza how Ibiza really is you know you've got some lovely locals that live out here. 
Yeah. Oh, that's actually quite a lot more than I would have yeah. thought. Yeah, compared to the seven million visitors that come in. Oh my summer. god! Wow. So see how, how over a four month period. Gets. Oh wow! So the winters are lovely, nice and relaxed, nice and chill. We work extremely hard in the summer, seven yeah. days a week. We're gonna have that summer period to get to, to earn the money and uh, yeah. make the money up for. Uh, and the winters are nice. Winters, I prefer I prefer the winters, but yeah. I don't like the money in the till. Yes, I understand. <laughs> I understand. That's <laughs> when you yeah, get no. to have some downtime, <laughs> exactly. basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So uh, these crazy people that you were talking about, we're guessing that you have some pretty crazy stories. <laughs> yes, it does get pretty crazy in the summer here. What's the funniest thing you've seen? The most craziest thing I saw was actually about four weeks ago. <laughs> oh god, that's <laughs> really yeah, recent. All the years I've been coming here, about four weeks ago, there's a guy that has been coming in here over the last four years. He owns a property next door. I won't go into the name of the property or, or too much detail yeah. about it, but he just kind of he'd had one too many drinks right. and that sort of carried on through the course of a day or two and was found at half past nine in the morning yeah. totally stark naked found the contents of his flat <laughs> of the balcony oh my oh god that yeah. <laughs> was quite a mad thing to see and I know the guys so I was like I'm like shouting up to him what are you doing what are you doing and that was quite mad and people obviously other residents yeah. in the apartments were videoing so <laughs> oh my god well, he's become a bit of a YouTube sensation <laughs> <laughs> but you know you get the usual stuff you know we had the boat parties that carry on here from Vlad and Bossa they do about four different companies a week now so they get pretty intoxicated on the boat I think they pay 70, 80, 90 euros for a ticket they drink as much as they like I think the problem is they go out to sea yeah and the wind's blowing there's all uh, music and yeah. all love is done and then when they come back in the boat stops they go woof and it kind of yeah. yeah. yeah Do you see a lot of before and afters? Before they get on the yeah, boat and ooh, after they come on. Literally, some of them crawling on the beach. <laughs> I've seen people laying and coming to work in the mornings is quite fun because you know half past seven. A lot of these people are still coming out of the discotheque. So whatever substances they've been taking, there's a few face pullings and uh, drunkenness going on. You know, <laughs> This young chap was laying on the floor and I kind of pulled over just to check that he was okay and I said, are you right there my friend? And all I got was a smile and a thumbs up. <laughs> so that was an indication that he was alright. Literally couldn't move. Yeah. But it does get crazy here. You know, there's a lot of casualties here. Yeah. Do you know, that is one thing that uh, we've noticed and Eve said the other day, I've never seen so many people with so many injuries walking yeah. around town. Mm. Lots of crutches and wrapped up arms and yeah. bruises all down their legs mm. and yeah. looking quite quite bad. I thought, God, this is I a lot of I take people. private health care out, which is just the fact because the canvases gets pretty full up. The canvases is the main hospital here and it gets, it gets pretty full up. Right, yeah. Lots oh, of people actually. getting drunk, I guess, and yeah, having, sure. yeah, falling into ditches <laughs> and God knows what else. I mean, yeah. they kind of, I, I understand a lot of the locals get a little bit peeved off with yeah. the tourists that come in, because some of them do come here and take the biscuit. Yeah. You know, they're disrespectful, they're on holiday, and I think they kind of, they act in a different kind of way. Yeah. It's really good at home, some of them. Some yeah. of them, that is. The majority of them are right, but I'm not just talking about the English, it's the Americans that do it. It's, they're all different nationalities. A lot yeah. of people blame the English, the English, the English, and they are badly behaved, some of them. Yeah. You know, and I understand why the locals get the hump about it all, but 
This is where they earn their money. A lot of these people have got restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Hotels, yeah. bars, or whatever. So this is where they earn their money. So yeah. they kind of have to bite the lip and just get on with it. Yeah, it's know. a double-edged sword, really. Yeah, it's I mean, the tourists. Very, very intoxicated people come into the bar here. We just don't let them in. You know, if that's the case, we just don't let them in. Yeah. And we just kind of push them all up their way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's quite funny. It's comical to see it sometimes. So working here in Ibiza, have you noticed a very distinct, different work style between the UK and Spain and... Yeah, well it's something I've never taken on before. I've never taken on a restaurant before. You know, I grew up in the pub game. My mum and dad were publicans. So I was always kind of out of it, not the business side of it. So it's kind of something I've never taken on. And I thought, it was, I was quite naive in the fact, thinking, you know, when I had my leaving party, friends were saying, oh, yeah, play, James, you know, big thing you're doing here, taking on your family, setting up business, something you've never yeah. How easy is it? How's it going to be? You're just yeah. going to sit there drinking beer at the bar, but no, I'm it's, it's something you have to learn, you know, you have to learn and get your head around it. It can be stressful at times. The language barriers, I don't speak great Spanish. My son is six, he speaks better Spanish than me. And he always asks me, Daddy, why don't you speak Spanish? Like, Too many discos. Brain <laughs> cells. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I mean, if it's like anything, you take on any business, you know, a new venture, you've got to, you've got to learn. There's going to be ups and downs and, and you get yourself get your way through it, isn't it? So, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's all right. Right, working so far. Good, good. That kind of brings us on to the sort of business because this place is called Forty Fives. Yeah. So, what's the name mean? Forty Fives is comes from my love of vinyl. Being a DJ, well, I'd say not ex DJ, ex DJ. I don't DJ as much as I used to. You know, obviously I'm focused here in Forty Fives. So Forty Fives is the name. Of the first vinyl that came out, the seven inch Forty Five. That's where that comes from. So, and if you look on my menu, you see the logo is the insert into ah. the into the. Uh, oh. Seven inch right, the forty five, yeah. So that's where forty five's coming from. A lot of people joke with me, so was that how old you are? I say, yeah, I'll call it. It's really <laughs> <laughs> I mean, funny enough, I am actually forty five. <laughs> so next year, 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 next and tell us a little bit about your time back in London before you came out here. So you mentioned earlier about Hoxton. Hoxton Square, yeah. We worked the record company I worked with, Acid Jazz Records. Great guy called Eddie Pillar who founded it with a guy called Giles Peterson. Giles went on to set up Talking Loud. I don't know if you've heard of Acid Jazz Records. It's a very kind yeah. of funky jazz, funk, very cool label, independent yeah. label. They discovered Jamiroquai, the brand new heavies, people like that very cool label and I was really into my acid jazz to yeah. listen to as a DJ so um, I first started DJing in Cyprus when I was 19 oh wow okay I went to Ibiza when I was 19 then I went over to Cyprus I think I was driving my mum mad in the bedroom and she was playing lots of loud music <laughs> and she said go and find yourself here's a one way ticket my grandfather lived in <laughs> oh wow my grandfather lived in Cyprus bless his heart and he was living in a place called Paphos he was based there in the Navy so he fell in love with Cyprus so I went out to visit and that's where I started DJ. Acid jazz music was a lot of stuff I was playing as well as house music and reflecting on hip hop and R&B and stuff like that. 
Yeah. And I came back and I was like, oh, what do I want to do? What am I going to do? Come back from Cyprus. So I was like, well, I really like acid jazz records. I like the music. So I went and knocked on the door and just said, look, I'd like to come to work for you and do some work experience. I was work experience for about three or four months. And Eddie was like, well, what do you want to do? You want to do promotion, marketing, or whatever it was. And I wanted to be a sound engineer. I wanted to make music. So I was working Denmark Street. Do you know Denmark Street Chapel Road? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. all the music shops are. Down the studios there. We were there for a few years and we moved over to Hoxton Square and yeah. we set up the Blue Note Night, yeah. which was a great left field alternative club yeah. in Hoxton. Kind of put Shoreditch and Hoxton on the map, I think, I think personally. There was yeah. a lot of underground warehouse parties and stuff going on there, but Hoxton, the Blue Note, was, was the commercial bit, it certainly kind of was a focus point for that area. Yeah. We had Metalheads Goldie doing Sundays there. Giles Peterson were doing night. Acid Jazz were doing a Magic Bus night there. Atletico were doing a night there. These guys from this crew from Birmingham that were signed to, to Acid Jazz. So it was, it was a great era and a great time to be amongst it all. Yeah, Hoxton is a very different place now. Because I remember when it was like that with the you know underground raves and the Ooh. warehouses. And now it's just very sort of pop trendy <laughs> it's become it's like the new west end but it's yeah. kind of got that urban vibe to that sort of cutting edge to it you know it's kind of vibe but it's, it's kind of become very very popular yeah you know i remember renting a flat in kingsman road for about 70 pound a week yeah yeah and that probably you know, it's, it's yeah unaffordable now, now yeah you you're looking about 500 you'd be able to get a shoebox now yeah, yeah. A week, you know so yeah. it's become super trendy which is cool it's cool it's just kind of you know that whole area probably was a dangerous place back in the day you know? yeah Hoxton was quite you know east end yeah, sort of yeah. still is but it's kind of well, trendy. not so much anymore the yeah. trendy guys have moved in now you know yeah. kind of, so we were we were talking about music last night. Eve has a little bit of history in the music and environment, music and we were talking about famous people that she'd met and interesting people that she had come across. So is there any sort of famous people that you have uh, have met and met anything them. that you can share that won't get anyone into uh, any sort of trouble? I've, or? I've been very blessed. I'm very blessed. I was out here in. 1999, I was DJing out here in 99. I was a resident for Ministry of Sound at Pasha. Oh, we went to Pasha. It's a great club. It's my favourite club, Pasha. A lot of people moan about it because it's become very VIP, which a lot of the clubs have become very, very VIP now. It's all about tables and it's a bit of a shame, really, because back in the 90s, it was more everyone was a VIP inside the club. It doesn't matter. There was no real VIP tables, which is a shame, but it's another story. I met, it was an MTV party in the quarry in San Antonio and I met a guy called Hamish Hamilton who is not blowing his trumpet, one of my best friends, if not my best friend, and he's got a company called Dan and Dusted and okay. they are a massive production company that kind of deal what they call multicam live staging events. So I spent 10-15 years travelling with him around the world working for his company. Wow. Um, so we were doing the tour, you know, the likes of the Rolling Stones, oh my Peter Gabriel, the VMA Awards, the EMA Awards, the Victoria's Secret fashion shows, wow. all that kind of stuff. So I was fortunate enough to be rubbing shoulders with like, you know, the Jay-Z's and Beyonce's yeah. and things yeah. like that, which is we're very blessed. That sounds amazing. That. Yeah, it's an amazing time travelling different venues. Incredible, incredible, yeah. yeah. You know, standing next to Bono and you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yeah. So I was given the privilege of looking after Jay-Z and Beyonce for a week in London when they did the Princess Trust Award at Earl's Court. Oh, wow. wow. So it was one of their, like,
like their kind of not their personal chauffeur, but I was the sort of guy at the front of the vehicle at the front. And yeah. Quite funny. I had to pick them up from Luton Airport where the G4 private plane touched down. I had um, his personal bodyguard, Tough Tony, they called him. He was about the size of my house. <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting next to me, and I had this Mercedes. People carry a veto. People carry a blacked out Wendy and stuff. And we pulled up on the tarmac, and the plane came along, and there they got there's Jay Z, there's Beyonce, and his entourage. And I'm looking, and thinking, how are they all going to fit inside this vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked in the window, rear view mirror of my car, and there was four brand new Bentleys and another three people cars like I had. So it was oh quite so you can imagine the kind of yeah. fun we had on that kind of journey. It was good. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I've met some really cool people through Hamish and he's a very humble guy and he's incredible what he does for his work, you know. He's the first Englishman to do the halftime entertainment Super Bowl. He's now done like the last six. On that scale, it's a big scale of what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss do you miss all of that? Yes, 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 I do, yeah, I do miss it. And uh, but I enjoy what I do here. Yeah. A bit more chill, a bit more relaxed. Yeah. Well, you've created a really nice vibe here. It's yeah. very Thank chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've thoroughly enjoyed being oh, here. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I've enjoyed the mojitos. The mojitos. <laughs> yes. They have made chicken nuggets. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. Enjoyed the nuggets. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm yeah. going to elevate them to chicken goujons, especially because <laughs> they, they were very nice. I like the way you go with goujons. <laughs> <laughs> you slightly roll my eyes. <laughs> 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 No, they were beautiful. Fluffy black hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I can't even take it off. I can't even take the sun anymore. It's like I've had it on all week. Anyway, I think we're going to have to wrap it up there. Thank you very much to all my guests for joining me. And James, thank you very much. And if you're ever in Ibiza and near Bossa Beach, please come to 45. Moving closer. <laughs> 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 I'm shy, I'm shy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>